Oh, looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you, Ken. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'll beat you off with you any day, Ken. Hold my ice cream, Ken. All right, Ken, you're on. Let's beat you off. Anyone who wants to beach him off has to beach me off first. I will beach both of you off at the same time. But you don't even know how to beach yourself off. How are you going to beach oh, both of us off? It doesn't make sense. Can't. Can't. You can you beat beach yourself off. You're going to beach Come both on, of us off. Beach. Nobody's going to beach anyone off. Josh is going to beach off all the hosts after the pod. This is spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> this is hey, everybody. This is Pappy. Sorry if my audio is bad. Just ahead of time, I left an XLR cord at our spoilers retreat, which just ended last weekend. Opening question, what's a cherished childhood toy that you have? Oh, that has to be a superlative, but just one that you really like or a couple. Let's go Weesus to Isis. Corey, you sounded ready. I'm always ready for this question, bitch. (laughs) What up? This is Corey. Kylo Ren memes recording out of Simi Valley, California. Dude, I fucking love 90s vintage toys. And now it's kind of cool since it's it's been a long time since it was the 90s. And I can say that instead of like, I collect toys, I can say I collect vintage toys. Because that sounds like more respectable than like the what you would imagine of like a basement dweller guy that just like has a (laughs) bunch of like My Little Pony dolls, you know? So, (laughs) hey now. That's true. I, I no offense, Josh. I mean, it's it's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's a few different toys from the 90s that I like. One of them is called Mighty Max. Mighty Max is a child's playset that it's like a little kind of clamshell. It opens up in your hand and you have like little tiny, tiny, like half inch figures that go inside of this clamshell. It's usually like a dungeon or something fun. Polly Pocket. It was often called the boys' Polly Pocket, yes. There was a few different toy lines like that. There was actually X-Men ones as well, Josh, which I also liked, but they weren't as well-designed as Mighty Max. Funny you mention that, actually. Polly Pocket is getting a movie because Mattel has realized that there is money to be made in movies based on old kids' toys. So they're just really gonna start cranking them out so get ready for a lot of bullshit thanks to this movie i can go on i actually there's a lot i I like skeleton warriors i talked about that on the big dumb movie indian in the cupboard podcast but i'll just keep it on mighty max for now because i know i tend to ramble for a very long time so yeah that's mine the guy who has a lot of my little pony toys josh if i do have any in this house they are my daughters i don't actually think they have my little pony but there is a new MCU, guys. The Mattel Cinematic Universe. It's coming to a theater near you. Magic 8-Ball movie? I honestly heard the card game Uno could be getting a movie. What the hell? So ridiculous. And I actually I have really good memories of that game um, with friends and family, but especially with best friend Drew at the now washed away Fort Myers Beach, Florida. Um we used to have a lot of fun with his grandparents playing Uno. But anyway, my toy, I hope Kylo maybe remembers this, maybe Zach, but there were the old Go- Ghostbuster toys that were based on the cartoon television show. And I want to get oh, into a yes. couple of the specific items that I remember. Egon Spangler's toy, uh, He was bl- his toy was blonde. And if you squeezed his arm in, I think his tie came out like he was surprised and his glasses and eyes like bugged out. 
really love playing with him. The what's it called? The the car that they always rode oh, in. The Ecto One. The Ecto One was just baller, mm. and I I actually got that when I was a kid, and it was like one oh of my, my favorite. Oh my god, toys. dude! You had the fucking Ecto One playset. Yeah. I didn't Damn. have like. Brett would have been so jealous. I didn't have like. Same. I had some friends that had like the whole like warehouse thing that like unfolded oh my God, the fire station yeah they had the whole fire station i didn't have that but i did have the ecto one in a couple of like the actual like egon and i think uh a couple of the other characters great i, I want to awesome. add to this a little bit i know it's not really my turn but like you're right josh that is totally like my kind of toy toys back then were made differently and they're like such higher quality they're like heavier if you like pick up some new toys today that are supposed to be like the modern equivalent you can really tell the quality has gone down. But I think it's amazing that you had the Ecto-1 because that's like one of those like, that's like the gold mine of like kids' toys for like that kind of like playset. That's the kind of thing that like none of your friends would have, but maybe like one guy and it's like, oh my God, he actually got it. It'd be like having the Technodrome for the Turtles toys. <laughs> Remember the Turtles toys? Oh, dude. Yes. Yeah. The kids that had the Technodrome, which were like, you know, it was always like a cousin of a cousin, some like random guy, but it was like epic. It was like, oh my God, how did you get this fucking toy? They were so cool. Before you, before my turn ends, I want to know Zach and Corey's favorite Nintendo or favorite Ninja Turtle toy you ever had. Mine was, it was like, you know, when Raphael's like in the disguise, the quote disguise with like the trench yes, coat and the, the trench hat. Coat. It was that, yes, but totally. with Donatello in that. And that for some reason was like uh, my favorite Ninja Turtle toy. That was a cool uh, okay. toy. I, I definitely saw that at some point. And yes, I can picture it. It was freaking badass. It was a cool design. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's sick. Yeah. Do you want to answer yours, Zach, first? Sure. So the first thing that came to mind was a character whose name escapes me. It's Worm something. He's a blue mutant monster dude with a green like shredded t-shirt and a green backwards baseball cap. His eyes bug out. His mouth opens. His tongue bugs out. I think he might have been like a character that wasn't even on the freaking show because what? they just started they just started cranking out like <laughs> yeah, they random did. designs. Just stick the Ninja Turtles logo on there. <laughs> yeah, they were just like these toys are selling so hot, we're just going to make up random mutant characters. So yeah, I'll have to look up his name. I still have it. I still have the freaking toy nice. in my closet somewhere, but it is a very crazy and very cool toy. Um yeah, it's wild. I'll look up the name later, but yeah, worm guy, blue skin. Kylo, can we round up pictures of these for the Instagram? Oh, there you go. I'm there all go. over it. All right, what you got, yes. Kylo? Well, in classic 80s fashion, Zach, a lot of the toys were made first, and then they were brought oh, into the show. Oh, yes. Because really, these cartoons were just a mechanism to sell toys, mm, right? So, so true, so true. Um, one of my favorites <laughs> was a Ninja Turtles figure that Looked like a regular turtle, but if he was a robot, it was called Metalhead. So it was basically like a robot version of one of the Ninja Turtles. They did bring this character into the cartoon, and I believe he like helped them out. I think a lot of that show was, um, not just that show, but a lot of like kids media was kind of becoming friends with the villain eventually. I think we talked about that recently on a podcast, Josh. Yeah, that's what the frogs from the Okiganobi Swamp did, too. Teenage Mutant Ninja Frogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Good pull there. But Metalhead is a really sick looking toy. Look it up sometime. It's it's fucking cool. 
I just don't get this shit. Shut up, Pappy. <laughs> you guys and your turtles. This <laughs> makes so much sense to be on a Barbie pod that we would talk about Ninja Turtles for a minute. Oh, yeah. That's very on brand. They're toys. They're yeah, toys. exactly. Barbie gets a movie. If only Ninja Turtles got its due, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Typical Ken behavior. Hijacking Barbie world to talk about a boy toy. Hey, you're right. Yeah, yeah, we're going full Ken here. Mojo Dojo. Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> Mojo Dojo Casa House. I'll go real quick too. This is Pappy. I don't know. I didn't have any like action figure things. My favorite toy ever was probably my Super Nintendo. That was like, I remember the day that I got it. It was like one of the best days of my life. Mm. NBA Jam, Super Mario All-Stars. Oh, heck yeah. Some classics in there. I never had a Barbie though. I had a sister who had Barbies. Did any of you guys have Barbies in your house growing up? My sister did. Why the fuck would I have a Barbie? Jeez. <laughs> defensive about it. Yeah. Okay, maybe I had a couple. <laughs> How many Barbies, Kylo? I didn't have Barbies, but I actually did play with Barbies. I remember this very distinctly. My, I had a cousin, girl cousin, same age as me. And when I go to her place, all she had was girl toys, and they were mostly all Barbies. And I was a big toy kid, so I always wanted to play with toys everywhere I went. But that was all we had there. So I would kind of like angrily agree to play with Barbies with her, and I would get the Kens, and I'd say, okay, fine, they're married, I guess, but Ken is also a ninja. <laughs> Shit like that, you know? I gotta be honest, I hope this isn't too weird, but I specifically remember when I was like four or five, and I, like, playing with a Barbie at the babysitters, because I didn't have one, I was just an only child at that point, only boy in the house, no girls, and so, like... No brother Jordan. I, it just, I just remember that moment realizing that this Barbie had boobs like this do- this toy had <laughs> boobs <laughs> i don't know how else to describe it she's a real woman <laughs> it's like maybe that's the moment where i like my, my i actually like gain consciousness like, <laughs> nice nice <laughs> hey man women have that power <laughs> <laughs> well Corey, since you're the barbie expert what did you think about the world of barbie because i i think like the marketing campaign for this was like Super understated. I had no idea what this movie was going to be at all. Yeah, I mean, this movie opens with the teaser for this movie, which is something I've never seen in my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. Since the beginning of time, since the first little girl ever existed, there have been dolls. But the dolls were always and forever baby dolls. Until... The teaser for this was like captivating for some reason to the general public. People really took Barbie and ran with it. The, the public, I mean, like before the movie was ever out, people were fucking on board with this movie. Just like the idea of it for some reason probably had to do with like the director being like pretty well liked and Margot Robbie being like very well beloved and seemingly a perfect fit for this movie. But to answer your question, Pappy. The world of Barbie, the world in which Barbie lives, the lead Barbie and the other Barbies and the Kens and one Alan, this world is amazing. It's beautiful. It's probably my favorite single thing about this movie is the way they designed and photographed the world of Barbie. It immediately makes the first act stand out from all the other, the other two acts because you're just exploring this world 
and the set design is like really featured, I feel like more heavily towards the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I mean, right off, you're like, you're hit with like so much like striking images of like what it would be like if these like small plastic things were converted converted into like life-size objects, but like mm-hmm. also like disproportionately life-size usually. Like Barbie has a car and this car is like small because if you think about like the Barbie doll, right? I think it's like a 12-inch a figure or a 10-inch figure. <laughs> and then the car, it, she goes in the car, but she's always like almost as big as the car, right? Right. That's the case here. And that's just one example. But there's a lot of little things like that. Some things look plastic. And, you know, in reality, these things are not plastic, like maybe like um, like foliage or whatnot. But just the way this place looks is fucking perfect. I like the rules of it, too, where it's like Margot Robbie can fly sometimes because that's how a kid would move when they get in like car accidents <laughs> or when Ken does the like hits the wave he like flies like a kid playing a, with a doll would fly yeah. you know what I mean doing somersaults it's true what about Ken Ryan Gosling you, you mentioned some of the cast I feel like Ryan Gosling being in this was also a big deal Zach what do you think about one of the Kens there's many Kens but Ryan Gosling specifically oh dude perfectly cast Literally, literally not another human being on the planet who could have embodied Ken as well as Ryan Gosling. Because kind of like what you were saying with Margot Robbie, he just has such a high likability factor. Everybody loves Ryan Gosling. He's beloved. You know, he has that charisma factor through the freaking roof. And he just, he did a great job of playing Ken dumb as a box of rocks, but still extremely likable. Like, he was just a fun, likable, charismatic dude, even though he was really dumb. Why is he rocking the Between the Pines look? Wasn't Ken typically like a brunette? (laughs) He's got the bleach blonde hair. Looks Uh, like he's going to beat someone's ass. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, because I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen an actual Ken doll, but I think you're right. I think his hair was more dirty blonde, tannish kind of color, as opposed to like platinum blonde. I'm just assuming that they wanted to make him match Margot Robbie's hair, you know, to kind of really make them like a visual pair, if you will. And there's just, let's be honest, there's just something funny about the pure bleach blonde platinum hair. It just makes it seem even like more of a male bimbo, you know? Yeah. I, so, yeah, I told you that I had played with my um, my cousin Holly and her Barbies, and I would I would like round up her Kens, right? And those would be like my toys. And I noticed, and I've always remembered this, there's a very like distinct difference between the Ken and Barbie dolls in quality. The Ken's head is completely different than the Barbie head, the doll themselves. The Ken head, first of all, it comes off super easy. So Ken <laughs> can very easily be decapitated. And like the Barbie doll mantis. is like stuck mantis. on. It's a feature, not a bug. The Ken head is soft. You can like squeeze the Ken head. You can't squeeze the Barbie head. <laughs> and the Ken hair, which is blonde, but it's it looks a little darker because it's like painted on. Barbie has actual hair that comes off, right? Like fake hair oh, that comes yeah. down. So this plays into the movie, I feel, because already Ken is like second fiddle in quality to Barbie just as a toy. Where is Ken slash Ryan Gosling at existentially? Because that's like some of the best humor of the movie to me. I mean, 
existentially, I'd say he's a simp. Big time. <laughs> That's true. I've never heard existential and simp used in the same sentence. <laughs> existentially speaking, I'd call him a simp. Um, wow. He has no existence outside of Barbie, right? I think the like Helen Mirren, the narrator, literally says, Barbie's happy every day, and Ken's only happy when Barbie's looking at him. Um, he lacks an identity. But I feel like he... I mean, listen, it's a rough go being a Ken in the Barbie world. Got a squishy head. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is an airhead. As big an airhead as Alan, though. I mean, <laughs> Alan's the lowest of the low. At least you're a Ken. Hi, Barbie! Hi, Ken! Hi, Barbie! Hi, Barbie! Hi, Barbie! Hi, Ken! I can. I can. I can. I can. I got us both ice cream. Cool. Hi Barbie. 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 Hi Ken. Hi Barbie. 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 Oh hi Alan. There are no multiples of Alan. He's just Alan. Yeah, I'm confused about that. Yeah, this this circuit like really good touches with this movie, like introducing like these random Barbie characters, because I do remember seeing a lot of random Barbie characters, like commercials for them, like in between episodes of like salute your shorts and stuff. Right. You're a kid and you see like and I'm like, who the fuck is that? That's not Barbie. That's like I was going to say Gwen, but that's from Small Soldiers. Like that's like little sister Stacy. It's like she has a sister. Do they have parents? Does Barbie like. Has she adopted Stacy? A lot of questions, right? But like, it's cool that they bring people like Alan and like the pregnant one, I don't remember her name, into this as kind of just like, there's only one of them because no one really has those. No one really talks about those or play with those. Michael Sarah's demeanor as Alan is delicious. The crowd that I, or the theater I saw then loved him. I heard that when they first tested this movie with audiences, there wasn't as much Michael Sarah, and then they got the audience feedback and like tripled his role basically in the edit. <laughs> and I, I think there's something about like he looks like he's really frustrated to be a doll. Like he plays that really well. Yeah. I don't know. There's something that just really works about him in that role that I can't really put a finger on. He's almost like he can see some of the absurdity of the situation, right? Yeah. Like when the Kens are yelling, beat each other off, he's just like, what the hell are you guys talking about? But he also knows he can't do anything. Like, they'll just beat him up or something. Like, he's the weakest of yeah. the dolls, maybe. Yeah, he seems pretty content with, like, the status quo <laughs> in Barbie land. One of the weird things about this movie is there's not really a villain. You know, there's not really, like, one bad guy but it is more about the dolls and their identity josh what's margot robbie's existential crisis what do you think about her kind of start of the hero's journey well she's not a simp and she doesn't like not at all she doesn't like ryan gosling's ken she's just flat out not in love with this dude she likes girls nights um you know she's out there partying every single day living her best life until i think I think the scene that kind of breaks everything is they're dancing. It's this big choreographed party dance thing. And all of a sudden she asks, do you, any of you ever think about dying? And there's like (laughs) a big record scratch and the whole party stops. And I think she like kind of covers her tracks and she's like dying 
take the next shot of tequila or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and everyone true. just starts dancing again. And so these thoughts kind of start creeping up on her, don't they, Kylo? Yes. Barbie, this Barbie, there's a lot of Barbies, but the one we follow learns the uh, sad truth of reality, which is existence is pain. And, you know, Oof. things start to change for her in this world. And, you you know, you were talking about the things that she does, like, as Barbie, right? We see her in the beginning in her, like, natural habitat, in her normal day-to-day, which is just, like, all these lovely things. But it's, like, the world of Barbie portrays, like, the role of women from, like, the perspective of the Mattel Barbie product. Right. If that makes any sense. So, like, the way this world is shaped is completely based on, like those features but this one starts to become a little different this barbie gets flat feet is one of the things that's one of the big things actually because you know Mm -hmm. the barbie toys they have their they're like on their toes all the time i remember that distinctly like so you can just slide the high heels right on them yeah but there's a few other things you know she starts having thoughts about things that these other barbies just don't think about like death and uh I don't know, things that aren't just like vibing and dancing. And, uh, you know, one of the things that she sees is cellulite, which I think that one was a bit strange because I didn't really see any cellulite when I was supposed to. (laughs) The movie like called it out at one point, like Helen Mirren comes in and was like, Margot Robbie was the wrong person to cast if you're trying not to look beautiful. I'm not stereotypical Barbie pretty note to the filmmakers margot robbie is the wrong person to cast if you want to make this point that's another thing that i heard was added after the test audiences so that must have been like some of the feedback like yo this scene's getting a little preachy when you have like margot robbie's beautiful face saying it mm-hmm. like how ugly she is because she doesn't have as much makeup she's like we're moment. all flawed can't you see i'm so flawed and it's like no i can't i can't see that <laughs> no. i really can't she is a really really beautiful woman not according to twitter man she's mid if you get on twitter that's what they're saying out there say a ben shapiro take how do they I, justify that it was a ridiculous like <laughs> meme but oh wow so Zach, can you explain maybe the lore a little bit or like what's actually happening? Like why Barbie is having these thoughts? It's it's kind of a wild topic, kind of like Lego movie-esque. Yes, yes. I mean, this isn't the part of the film that I'm the, the biggest expert on, but I'll give it a shot. So from what I understood, there is a mother and her daughter, and the mother played with Barbie when she was a child and formed a strong connection with Barbie. And then, if correct me if I'm wrong, but she basically gifted or handed down her Barbie to her daughter. But her daughter was going through her own kind of existential crisis and, like, um, you know, experiencing dark, negative thoughts. Uh, you know, life wasn't going so well. And so then the turmo- the emotional turmoil, the negative emotions from the daughter started seeping into Barbie herself and intruding into her world, and that that kind of made her, um, or made Barbie have these, like, you know, kind of dark existential questions, like, it woke her up from the never-ending party of her, of her Barbie world existence and introduced some human doubt into her world, like, ideas like aging, uh, you know, suffering, dying, etc. 
Am I leaving something out or is that basically what it was? Yeah, that's mostly right, except it's kind of revealed that it's actually like the mom uh, who's influencing right, Barbie. That's right. That's right. right. Not so, so much the daughter, which yeah. is kind of like a little bit of a twist along the way. You're right, because the daughter abandons the toys and then the mom starts playing with them again. Is that what happens? Something to that effect. Well, she starts, starts like thinking about them and drawing them. Oh, more so. That's right. That's right. But Her that, drawings that she's doing. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I have an analog to that in my life, and I know we talked about TMNT once already, Pap. Mm-hmm. But around the time that maybe a couple of years after, like Sin City came out, I started to get this idea in my head of Ninja Turtles, kind of in that kind of a world, and specifically, I had this thought of Raphael, who's always my favorite as like a really torn up and depressed turtle. Like half his face <laughs> yep. is like burned in like a suet. Like, you know how there's like steam discharges and sewers? Like he just got fucked up at one point. Maybe an eye is like kind of bulgy. And I also envisioned him like instead of having lost a sigh like he does in the original film, maybe he just loses like a whole hand. Like he's got an arm missing. I just was envisioning a world where things are like really gritty and gross for the turtles and it started to get really cool. <laughs> and so nice. I wonder that reminded me of like this, this woman, she's like thinking of Barbie, but kind of like updating the toy to like where she's at mentally at the time. Uh, right. True. True. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that. Cause like a couple years ago, Josh, there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles graphic novel kind of like that called The Last Ronin. How nasty does it get? It's dark and depressing. There's only one turtle left, like all the other ones Oof. are dead. And it's Yikes. like uh, kind of like a revenge quest from what I understand. And like it's, it's well, I don't want to say any spoilers, but there's a kind of a cool reveal. How does TMNT keep hijacking the Barbie podcast? I don't understand. <laughs> Nine, I mean, 90s toys for our childhood, I guess. There's that common thread. What is the dojo? What is it called? Mojo oh. Dojo Casa House. This is, like, uh, all, this is like the Barbie comes back to her dollhouse, and it's just filled with Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Would that happen if the mom thought about Ninja Turtles? Like, the mom psychically controls... Barbie's thoughts, like she draws it into existence. Ah, we're gonna try to make sense of this now. Well, that's the. I mean, that's the fun thing. Is like, it doesn't make any sense. This movie is like a cartoon. Yeah, cartoon rules. So basically, like it, it doesn't matter, right? Like that's that's kind of like where it's left. It's like, how do these things interact with each other? How does the Barbie world and the human world? How do they connect? It's like, well, through like people's imagination. Okay, fine. Just you know, yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> it's true. Which. Which I think is why like, the the whole parts in Barbie World are like a ten out of ten for me. They're, it looks amazing. It's hilarious. I didn't like some of the real world plots as much. Zach, was there anything I, from the real world that stood out to you? There's a lot that happens. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you um, on what you just said. But I'll say that one thing that I found kind of fun about the real world was, of course, uh, Ken's little transformative journey that he goes on where. He goes from being the secondary ignored simp in Barbie world. And then (laughs) as he's traversing the real world, he's looking around. He's like, oh, my God, 
men run everything. And he starts to kind of get high on the power of being a man and realizing that he could also be like that. And so I found it very hilarious and amusing. I thought some of the best comedy came from when Ken brings the manosphere uh, patriarchal attitude into Barbie world in a hilariously over-the-top fashion. <laughs> that was a part that I found pretty amusing. That's great shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he gets it right away in the human oh, world. Oh, yeah, totally. Like he's totally. eating it up. And Ryan Gosling yeah. is so funny. Oh, like God, he, yeah. It, it's, it's so great to see him in comedies. But I, I have a quote here from the movie. He says, I feel what can only be described as admired, but not ogled, and there's no undertone of violence. (laughs) (laughs) And Barbie says, mine very much has an undertone of violence. (laughs) Yes, it's true. That was a great moment. (laughs) There's another moment that I loved in the real world where there's like some construction workers kind of like they're hooting and hollering at Barbie. And she's like, well, actually, we can't do anything because I don't have a vagina and he doesn't have a penis. Points at Ken. And then as they're rollerblading away, Ryan Gosling goes, hey, man, I have all the genitals or something yeah. like that. That's <laughs> really funny. Oh God. Yeah, that scene was great. And, and, and another thing that made me laugh was when she says she doesn't have a vagina, one of the construction workers was just like, that's okay. Like he, yeah. just, like, like he was just like, I can work with this. Like It was just, oh, my God, dude. He wants her personality. There you go. There you go. And also, I laughed because as the, you know, right after she says the line about the undertones of violence, she sees the construction site. And in Barbie world, the construction site is run all by Barbie women. And it's like a safe place of female power. So she sees the construction site in the real world and she says, Look, there's a construction site. Let's go there. <laughs> or something like she she saw it as like a safe haven, which was like, you know, no, just just no, Barbie. Not in the real world. <laughs> if Greta Gerwig was brave, these construction workers could have got a little deeper. I felt like it was a ah. little it felt a little kids glovey. Sure, like, sure. There was how no you, cussing in you? this scene. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Do they bleep out like one of the Barbies says like fuck at one point like what the fuck i don't remember she's like coming down the stairs and there's like a barbie logo yeah that's later what was Scooby <laughs> rated pg pg 13 it was pg 13 surprisingly yeah pappy yeah we're talking about the real world and this is the thing that reminded me or made me think of you i feel like this movie is dancing on the edge of a knife with its relationship with mattel Dude, what, yeah. What, <laughs> you, you always like to weigh in on like when Universal talks about Jaws and move. You know what I mean? Like, what what's your thought <laughs> about like just Mattel's presence here as a producer of the movie? Surely, right? Yeah, a Mattel motion picture, like it said in the <laughs> opening credits. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> nice. I didn't. I didn't love how it had like the Warner Brothers. Uh, it had like a big Warner Brothers Discovery sign behind Will Ferrell in the boardroom. I don't know if you guys saw that, but like the only other building you can see is a Warner Brothers Discovery sign. But like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, the movie can't go like full villain Mattel because of what it is. But at the same time, the movie is also like shitting on the creating of the creator of Barbie for dodging her taxes. You know what I mean? <laughs> they took shots sure, at her. Sure. I think it did a pretty decent job. Like, I mean, like, would you say Will Ferrell's the main antagonist, Josh, of the movie? <laughs> the funny, one of the funniest things I heard about, like, in a review about this movie was that 
the real world CEOs of Mattel are like l- less real than the Barbie world or something like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> All I can think of it, in my brain, like recollecting, like remembering this movie, it just seems like 12 Will Ferrells jogging around making jokes. Like, I don't really remember even what their plot point is. It's just like 12 different sized Will Ferrells jogging around. Yeah. You know what it is? I just thought of this. In Zoolander, when Derek is like hypnotized and he sees Magatu in his like hypnotic vision, it's like Will Ferrell is playing that version of Magatu all the time in this. (laughs) It's true. He really is. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Have you seen a group of women on wheels? Actually, yeah, there was a blonde brunette and a tween. They roll everybody in that direction. Oh, first step is always rollerblading. Excuse me, sir? They've gone to Barbie Land. Oh, no. She's brought humans there with her. This could mean extremely weird things for our world. Like what? Nothing any of our collective imaginations could ever dream of. A podcast hosted by two wise trees or a choir of 2,000 young fathers. Not even close. We've got to get to Barbie Land. Go find some planes now. Just pick a direction and run. This movie has like a wild energy. Like, oh, God, you know, yeah. like it's, it's, it's really good. Um, but yeah, I, the other thing is like Josh is like, like, if Will Ferrell's the main bad guy, at the same time, he's like, I genuinely only got in this business to inspire little girls. Like he doesn't, he doesn't care about Ken at all. He says at one point, cause like, there's like a whole plot point where like the Ken doll is now flying off the shelves. But he's also completely incompetent. So he's not like a scary bad guy at all either. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's competent really for sure. Yeah, he's Will Ferrell. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. It's the same thing with like the daughter too, right? Because I feel like the, the movie is kind of like critical of the daughter's attitude. But I feel like there's also some people who like might literally think Barbie's a fascist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, Corey, what do you think about the family dynamics of the mom and the daughter? The daughter is brought into the movie and then like abruptly forgotten about like the daughter, her Sasha, I think is her name. Like she has this like role where Barbie is supposed to meet her and Barbie is supposed to, I guess, like repair like whatever damage is happening here, but it's not really coming from her. So when it's discovered that it's the mom, the daughter's role becomes to like kind of complain about agreeing to participate in this until she just eventually agrees and goes along with it. And then basically has no more lines in the rest of the movie. Like when she's done complaining, it's, she doesn't really have anything to do. So I didn't love her involvement in the movie. One of my coworkers pointed out that they thought the scene in the cafeteria was pretty weak, almost for like the same reason that Helen Mirren's voiceover came in to say, like, if someone's going to make this point, it shouldn't be Margot Robbie, but it just seemed really un realistic that like a full-grown adult such as marco robbie could walk into that situation and people would just be automatically mean to her something seems stilted about that cafeteria scene and i think that's that teenager's kind of like main like that's her shining moment i would say right that's At, like her big scene right yeah mm-hmm. sure what do you guys feel about that scene like it not didn't sound like the kind of thing a kid would be able to articulate that well unless it was rehearsed which i guess technically it was there's something else weird about it it's like 
she doesn't buy that this is a real life Barbie, but she kind of like plays into the argument as if she is a Barbie. I mean, they're full on adults walking around in a junior high. It's a little bit weird <laughs> to have themselves in these like cowboy costumes. <laughs> well, that's never pointed out to be weird by anyone. Would you expect the movie to do that, right? Like some teacher be like, who the hell are you in this cowboy costume checking right. out all of our truck and horse books? Are you here for the assembly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That could have, yes, there could have been something, an interaction like that with the teacher. I did like later when Margot Robbie's like, I'm not a fascist. I don't control the flow of commerce or the railroads. (laughs) Yes. Okay, that was was a good, that was was kind of like the saving grace of that whole scene for me. I was like, that's, what a funny response. (laughs) Yes, it was. In the most literal sense. (laughs) (laughs) Like we said, Ryan Gosling's back in Ken World. He's had his whole... Uh, montage of Rocky and mini fridges and golf and <laughs> baseball and all, all the man stuff. <laughs> Just observing men. Josh, was there were there any real differences between um, Ken World and our spoilers retreat? I feel like it was a very similar vibe. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> oh man! So there's a few women on the spoilers retreat. Some some couple situations, and I hope they felt a little more welcomed. Than the Barbies did here. <laughs> the Barbies were perfectly happy. <laughs> yeah, they're perfectly happy. So in the movie, Barbie comes back from the real world and she finds Ken has transformed Barbie Town into Ken Town. So I don't know. They're like shooting hoops, lifting weights, listening to Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that really is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh but you know God. what I mean? They're popping creatine yeah. pills. Bo-hunting. They're bo-hunting. Yeah, they're elk. wearing, yeah, elk wearing, wearing yeah. furs. <laughs> Dude, it is like the spoilers retreat because they become total film bros, too. Oh, yeah. Talking about the Godfather and stuff. Let me explain to you about the Godfather. <laughs> and that really ties into our plans as well in a kind of an, an alarming way to me. I felt a little bit self-conscious uh, saying we're going to do a six-part episode or series on The Godfather. Yeah, so we can that. explain it to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought one of the best parts of the movie, well, just I think the use of music overall is really good. Maybe we got the song I'm about to talk about playing already. But Ken busts out the guitar and they play this band even earlier. But like the use of push by Matchbox 20 yeah. is oh, so God. excellent. I honestly, I don't hate that song. I kind of like that song, but that did not stop me from thinking that this kind of like maybe mockery of it is just so incredibly hilarious. It's great. Yeah, dude. They nailed it. <laughs> they absolutely nailed well, it. Well, they, they like refer to that type of situation like so accurately, I feel. And it's like the movie thing with us. Like, it kind of makes us a little uncomfortable. I could see a lot of the things that Ken do, like, the Kens do, like, making other guys uncomfortable, maybe a little bit. Maybe some guys like us kind of, like, laugh with it. Maybe some guys would actually get offended if they see these things. Like, we're not like that. But, I mean, some some of us are. But specifically the the line about, like, would you like me to sing this song to you while I stare into your eyes uncomfortably for three minutes or something? <laughs> yeah. I'm picking up what Josh is putting down about the soundtrack. Like, uh, the closer I am to fine, like when they kept singing that in the car um, with different montages, that was funny. 
And then there's like this Barbie song, this main Barbie song that plays at the beginning when she's going through a Barbie world. And I think at the end, it's like R is for thoughts of death or something. I don't remember the exact joke, but it's like it's something like that. Oh, it's like the theme song that's like very literal about what's happening sort of yeah, idea. Yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. There's also a shout out to Tame Impala. They got some notes on the soundtrack as well. Like we mentioned, though, in this Ken land, the Barbies have been been brainwashed. Corey, you want to take us through just sort of the end here? Because I don't know. Like, I said, there's no real villain. There's not a ton of conflict. It's all sort of internal things that they have to overcome. The change in the Ken's mentality has, like, changed the foundation of the Barbie land into what is becoming, but not. it hasn't fully become, but basically, like, Kenland, or I think it's called Kendom, or something to that effect, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of comedy happening here before I talk about the change. It's just really funny stuff. Like you guys mentioned the Mojo Dojo Casa House, which I think is going to be played out in probably about 48 hours from now. But for the time being, I still find it like really funny. Really, just the way Ken talks, I feel like he says a lot of things twice. Like he uses a lot of redundant vocabulary. <laughs> he says something to Barbie like, do you want to come be my wife, bride? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way he phrases things is just like absurd. A lot of like frat boy energy going on here. Oh, yeah. I love when Ken was like checking out the books on the horses. And he's talking that one random parent. And he's like, this is the patriarchy. I shall seek my fortune now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the mother of Sasha, Gloria, I believe... Uh, she helps snap the Barbies out of this hypnotic state that they're stuck in under the Ken's influence, right? Because you would think that uh, main Barbie would show up and then the other Barbies would be like, what happened to our our place? Like all the Ken's are acting weird and we don't like any of this, but it's actually not the case. They're all on board with it because again, they're hypnotized. So Gloria, the mother kind of gives an impassioned speech to one of the Barbies that's hypnotized that snaps her out of it. And Josh, what were some of the points she talks about there in that speech? Like this like real like feminist kind of like ideology or like, I don't know, like focus, like bullet points that help Uh, them realize and snap out of it. uh, You have to be thin, but not too thin. You have to be pretty, but not too pretty. You got to work hard, but not work too hard. You gotta be an American, but not too American. You gotta be Raph, but not too Raph. Not too Raph. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, like the speech and her acting in it when she gives it the first time, I think is good. It's good stuff. It is a little weak that it's like a montage of her giving the speech to in the van to like wake up the Barbies. I don't know. That seemed like uh television episode nine sort of shit i can see this scene like really upsetting certain people maybe like i know that there was like a famous now famous i guess uh, ben shapiro like review of this where he supposedly destroys this movie 
Dude, he, he burned a Barbie in a dumpster. Yeah, he, <laughs> oh, yeah? he puts a Ken and Barbie doll in the car in a dumpster and burns it. Oh, oh like no. he's like full angry video game nerd now with his like theatrics. <laughs> <laughs> Is it more like a video game nerd oh, or God. more like a terrorist burning an American flag? It's like it's really stupid and outlandish. She started a fire with plastic for this. Yeah. Just real quick, the, the discourse around this movie is really weird. Like, I've seen people say this is like a conservative movie. I've seen people say this is like a feminist movie. Like, it's it's all over the place, like, with the way people have reacted to this. It's very... Uh, ben Shapiro's take was insane. He breathed in burning plastic fumes to shit on this movie <laughs> harder. Well, here's the thing, I think, with, like, the arguments, like, maybe against, like, this speech, for example... I don't think it takes anything away from me as a man that like a woman is venting like her struggles as as existing with that gender, right? Yeah, there are certain things that we have as men that we have to face in our life that are specific to us and that you know, we have struggles of our own too. The fact that a woman has her own struggles doesn't like mean that I don't have any. Yeah, how would she like to get kicked in the balls? <laughs> See how she feels. So, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what the arguments are against this movie. So, I'm probably like completely just straw manning. Maybe it's totally inaccurate, but I just feel like watching this, I'm like, oh yeah, some people are going to roll their eyes right here. But my only criticism would be that like this and some other aspects are maybe just a little heavy handed. So, they yeah. could be executed in a, like, I think a more subtle way that would be like, maybe more digestible to those types, but it's fine. The thing is like Barbie as a product is like heavy handed. You know what it I is. mean? Like it's it's, they're kind of like making fun of, of that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the speech is really good. I, I think the movie kind of plays for everybody. Right. Too. Because I think at one point they say like, you know, it's okay to just to want to be a mom. It's okay to want to be the president. And even like the Ken's are now like, they have like a circuit judgeship in Barbie land, you know, <laughs> they're moving, <laughs> they're moving Dude, up lo- living under Shira law or whatever. <laughs> they're like, law? Yeah. They're moving towards that. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a bad That's joke. Great. Damn it. I'm going to edit that out. But well, like the Ken's, the Ken's are very empty in the beginning of this movie, right? Like it's almost like their, their existence is, is not very like, good or fun for them so when they get a taste of like a different type of existence it's like being a drug addict like they really just like take it as far as it can go because they're trying to like fill this void that is just like inherent to their world to the mm. mattel barbie world yeah mm-hmm. so true the so soft-headed true. ken world <laughs> but zach it's it's interesting because at the like Ken's arc is that what we just talked about like yes. taking it too far and then kind of coming back. Barbie's arc is, I guess, like choosing the imperfect real world, right? Like the movie, like, the last yeah, line yeah. of the movie is like she's going to a gynecologist. <laughs> you know, yes. What do you think about the Barbie's arc here at the end? Uh, it was a very interesting, curious arc. I've actually found myself thinking a lot about the end of the movie and where Barbie ends up and where Ken ends up. Um, and I've talked about it with a lot of friends and it's so damn open ended to me. Like there isn't a clean cut, like union of Barbie and Ken, like you would expect there to be like, you would expect that Barbie and Ken 
both go in their own crazy directions, but then they would come back together at the end and, like, you know, be in love and stronger because of their trials and tribulations and becoming more human. But that doesn't happen at all, not even remotely. Um, Ken, like, gosh, how would you even describe where Ken ends up at the end of the movie? Is he better off than he was at the beginning of the movie? I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I think so. Like, I, I want articulate. I'm curious to hear because I'm struggling to like figure out like what is Ken? Where is Ken's end point at the end? Like, what's his deal at the end? He he came back from the manosphere. We can we can all you know see that easily. He he realized that that wasn't the way to go. But where does it leave him? He's still alone. He's still kind of like a secondary dude and and. and Barbie world, if you will. Yeah. I mean, he is, but, you know, this movie's about identity. Ah. And Ken has to find his identity. And that's Mm. where it's left off. Yes. And I mentioned that this movie can be heavy-handed. I think it is a bit here. Sure. It is a bit with the Barbie arc as well. Yes. But, you know, Ken has to find out what is... What is it that he can do with his life or with their lives that is not just in service of this woman? And yes, I don't mean like in yes. service of in a slavery sense, but in just in a general existence sense. Yeah, yeah. He was fixated on her basing his entire life around getting her, winning her favor, basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so at the end, so Ken, he realizes that going full frat bro is not the way to go. He realizes the error of his ways. So, so I guess you could make the argument that his ending is pretty open-ended. Like you said, he now knows that he has to try to formulate his own healthy identity, but we're not shown how he does that. It kind of is just left to be continued, I guess you could say, for Ken. Not a whole lot of resolution there, from what I recall. He's basically like pro Cro-Magnum Man, realizing he is a conscious being. He's like I. He's like I am Ken. I. I think. I think. Therefore, I'm Ken. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's and so it's hey, it's the start of his uh, self awareness discovery. I guess who knows? Maybe we'll see in Barbie two where his quest ends up. Maybe we'll see in Uno the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Ken Ken will appear as a secondary character in the Uno movie. (laughs) Continue his story. Ooh, he'll play the reverse card on someone's ass. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, I realized I totally derailed the original question, which was asking me about what did I think about Barbie's ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so we can agree that she chose the complex and imperfect world of the real world. So she goes from having no genitals to now she has genitals and all the complications that come with that. You know, life, death, aging, childbirth, child raising. Cellulite. Yes, cellulite. All those complicated human things. Now she's embraced that. But here's here's something. I tried actually talking to a female friend about this, and, and we didn't really come to any resolution. My question that I had was, at the end, when she goes to the gynecologist's office, she's wearing some pretty bland, sensible clothes, right? She's got, like, tan jacket, jeans, flats. Uh, she's not looking particularly dolled up. She's not wearing bright, saturated colors. And I remember thinking to myself and being, like, slightly annoyed by that. I was like, well, damn it, why can't Barbie be flamboyant and ultra-feminine and, and kind of embracing Legally her? Blonde. Yeah, yeah, because 
because I thought to myself, there are women who love that aspect. They embrace that. They love makeup. They love, you know, doing their hair. They love bright, fun, crazy, colorful, visual clothes. Like, that's not a inherently bad thing. I know that with Barbie, it's obviously cartoonishly over the top how extreme she takes it. But, like, I don't know. I guess I don't really have a super clear-cut answer here. I just found myself a little annoyed by how they had her dress really bland at the end and, like, super, like, just kind of, like, trying to downplay her femininity or whatever. Because I just thought to myself, well, damn it, what's wrong with femininity? Why does Barbie have to become asexual at the end? Barbie's a commie now. Yeah, (laughs) Barbie's a commie. Although although she's she's not asexual, obviously, because she's going to the gynecologist, which is like... But it, but it's not really a fun sexuality. It's a real-world uh, consequences problematic sexuality. You know, like the not-so-fun part of sexuality, which is going to the gynecologist. You know, versus versus the, you know, uh, Hollywood Barbie, the, the fun, ditzy Barbie, who's just, you know, super girly and enjoying life and has See? no problems. Exactly. That was in my updated version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that like Leo oh, has no. to go to the get a colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, man. There you have it. He's fully yeah. embracing middle age. Yeah. Leo. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Dang, man. This this is a turtle movie that needs to happen. I want to see this. Did you guys have the preview for the cartoon TMNT? Are you talking about yeah. like the one that's just now coming out? Mutant yeah, it's out. Whatever? Oh yeah, yeah. Are you excited I, for I, it? I have, I have seen all the trailers. Yes, it looks looks fun. It's a different take, you know. It's a it's a different take for sure. The turtles' personalities are more like childlike and like just different somehow than what I was raised on. So it'll take some it'll take some adjustment. That trailer for TMNT played during Barbie, and they did oh, like a Teenage Mutant right, Ninja Turtles like right. toy skit. They did like a claymation with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles huh. toys. You guys remember that? Did you see that? I I didn't don't get that. think I saw oh. that. Man. I do not recall yeah. any such claymation. Maybe yeah. not claymation, but it's like the toys or, or, and oh, stop, yeah, like animation. St- stop motion. Yeah. yeah, stop motion. Yeah, yeah. I did Can not I, see uh, that. Pappy, we're are we in final yeah. thoughts ish sort of? I think yeah, we're we're about there. Yeah, we're talking about Barbie's arc, and I think there's actually some weak just film moments here at the end of the movie with in regards mm. to this arc. I, I mentioned already the montage of speeches in the van to like wake up the Barbies. I think it kind of starts there. There's ah, it's maybe kind of touching in the moment, but there's this weird stilted moment with Margot Robbie and an old woman on the bench. Oh, where yes, she calls yes, the yes, old yes. woman beautiful and the old woman like is a great actor. And I love her in that moment. But it's it's very like Forrest Gumpy, weirdly, in the <laughs> middle of this movie. It was. There's also a black and white montage that looks like stock footage of like girls playing with dolls with their moms. It's just like kind of a cheap heart tug, I feel like. Sure, and then sure. one more thing. There's Barbie in like the classic Matrix white room talking to like the architect oh, so like yeah. there's, just, there's just so much <laughs> a lot shit going on at the end of this movie and i don't a lot of it seems like yes i don't know if it's super well done here at the end boys yeah, what is this girl the matrix <laughs> it is literally <laughs> you crack the code man 
Kate McKinnon, who we haven't talked about, she gives her a red pill, blue pill choice. Like she's like, yeah. you take the pink shoe or the plain sandal or whatever. You're right, literally. Yeah, and she is like a combination of Morpheus and the Oracle. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's true. What do you guys think about Kate McKinnon? I, I think she's funny. I thought she was good in this role. I like the physicality of her performance, like doing the splits and like turning her head like Barbie. Yeah, I think most of the comedy from her is the physicality more so than uh, anything she says. I, I don't know, man. Just like her her delivery of things, it's. I think it's funny in principle, but like didn't do as much for me as some of the other parts of the movie. Another character we didn't talk about, the mom from Matilda plays, I guess we talked about her a little bit. <laughs> Rhea Perlman? Yeah, of Barbie. Uh, she was um, Danny DeVito's from... wife at one point, right? Yes, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. thought she was good. Um, any other fi- Oh, John Cena? Oh, yeah. A cameo? Yeah, I got, I got final thoughts as it pertains to John Cena. Yeah. Couldn't help but notice while watching this that there's a lot of fucking superheroes in this movie, man. A lot of them. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. Pretty common. John Cena, who also worked with Margot Robbie in a DC movie, he is Peacemaker. Peacemaker is a great series on HBO, by the way. DC superhero stuff. Very funny. James Gunn. Uh, one of the Kens that I think probably like the second main Ken. Asian Ken, mm-hmm. his name's Simu Lu. He plays Shang Chi. He's in the MCU. Oh, love that, love Good that point. Marvel snap card, baby. One of the best. <laughs> Shit, fuck <laughs> Shang Chi. <laughs> Everyone hates Shang Chi. Come on, Alexandra Ship. She is one of the Barbies. She was Storm in X Men Apocalypse. Oh. Uh, another one of the Kens is Kingsley Benadire. He played. Gravic in a Marvel show that just finished that everyone is shitting on called Secret Invasion. He was like the main villain in that show. Uh, Helen Mirren is the narrator. She was in Shazam too. No one really cares. But Ariana Greenblatt, who was Sasha, the kid, like the 13-year-old, she was young Gamora in Avengers Infinity War. So lots of superheroes. That's crazy. I never made that connection. In the Tell Cinematic Universe. There it is, folks. There it is. I wanted to ask you, Pappy, real quick, if I may. When the Kens go to war with each other, there's a moment that I think is like really great. Like it's funny, obviously, and it's like played really funny. And like their idea of war as it pertains to like this particular world is like just really slapsticky and just like a bunch of like silly, basically Dancing. like slap fights. Yeah. <laughs> But when the two main Kens like face off, when they like show down on the battlefield, it's like, you know, Aragorn and like that fucking troll, like it's like <laughs> the two leaders of each side. It doesn't become a fight. It becomes like a battle of like interpretive dance. Yes. <laughs> where they like, <laughs> they seem to like come to an agreement during the dance. Is that what you were kind of like picking up on? Oh yeah, I mean they they bond over the dance and give their both their best moves. Both of them do. Um, I thought that dance number was great, and I think we mentioned this earlier. Ryan Gosling is really fucking funny, like as a comedic oh, yeah. actor. Like nice guys, this I don't know. Like the whole thing is so absurd and cartoony and fun. I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Even like the costumes that they're all wearing are freaking great. I wouldn't be surprised if it's got like a best costume nomination uh, come Oscar time. Good call.
Last final thought that I had. I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this. But the Barbenheimer phenomenon. Um, <laughs> if you're listening to this in the far future, in the year 2023, Barbie and Oppenheimer came out on the same weekend. And there were memes galore about this. There'd be like a building blowing up and then pink smoke coming out of it and be like Barbenheimer, like found or something like that. <laughs> it ended up being the fourth biggest domestic box office weekend of all time. Whoa. Which is pretty fucking crazy. That's nuts. Josh is a concept. Barbenheimer, are, are movies back? Are we are, are we good to go? Hollywood needs medicine, <laughs> my lord. That's awesome. I, you would like to say that movies are back, but there's like strikes. <laughs> yeah. Movies are fucked right now. True. <laughs> uh, sure, I don't point. know where this is going. I think a good sign is take this for what it's worth, but people are saying this is like a good sign that people want original movies back, right? But at the same time, cynical me says it's an original movie, but this is by like one of the best directors working. So it's not exactly like just some indie movie. Want half of it. And then the other half of it is like, yeah, maybe it's an original movie, but now they're making a Mattel cinematic universe about it. So it's kind (laughs) of like, and Oppenheimer was based on a book, which was, you know, Robert Oppenheimer's book about those events. So, I mean, original is like basically a way to say it's not a superhero movie right now. I think it's true, it's true. <laughs> which is, I think, is as good as we're gonna get. You know, like this is as close to originality as we will see. Well, I just worry they're gonna learn the lo- the wrong lesson from this because i feel like it is more like what josh said it was like legit director doing barbie legit cast went straight to theaters like no alternative streaming option first couple weeks and the takeaway from warner brothers is going to be mattel cinematic universe (laughs) (laughs) they already have made they've already extracted the wrong um ideas from this whole thing pappy you're right it's already done like the, the movies that have been announced like you guys were joking about they're going to already fucking happen. One of them is Hot Wheels. Oh, Jesus. A Hot Wheels movie? One of them's Magic fucking 8-Ball. No, what's happening in the Uno movie? <laughs> Dear God, dude, that is such a str- Can you imagine having to write that script, dude? Like, Jesus Christ, what a fucking- Reverse! Yeah, exactly. And in the end, he draw has two. the wild draw four up his sleeve yeah. the entire time. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? It's rough. I want to make an early prediction about Magic 8-Ball. It's going to be like one of those really, really shitty January horror releases. Oh, I can believe it. Let's take that on the record. Magic 8-Ball, it's got to be a horror movie, and it's going to be like one of the worst you've ever seen. Mattel Cinematic Universe goes dark and gritty. Dude, I could see it being like a 90s kid gets rich movie. Like he realizes (laughs) that 8-Ball is always right. So he starts making like Wall Street business decisions uh, based on it. <laughs> He's like a day nope. trader, but uses the nope. eight ball. <laughs> Don't make him like they used to, Josh. It's Richie Rich, see, but with the eight yeah. ball. I want to see that movie. It's, it's, it's blank check. <laughs> Pretty much. Stop like some checks in. <laughs> That's what we need. An orangutan. <laughs> about like the whole barmanheimer thing like it was pretty freaking sick like that first weekend like yes. half of the crowd was like dressed in all pink and like the other half was like 
Chris Nolan dudes <laughs> wearing a fedora. Malay. Yeah. Okay. I literally saw on Barbie's opening night, I went to the theater. I saw a bunch of people dressed in like Barbie getups, just like you're talking about. The pink dresses, like it was basically like a fucking Comic Con. Of like, did that, yeah. There you go. But I saw a group of five guys that were all wearing suits and hats. I shit you not. Wow, <laughs> that is funny. That meme of silly of Killian Murphy walking down the lane, like looking all tough from Peaky Blinders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Peaky Blinders hats, but you know. I was thinking that meme of like that kid who's like in his pajamas and it's like my sister's wedding and he's in a suit and it's like the Chris Nolan premiere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was just cool, though. It was cool to see, like, that That was the most crowded I've ever seen the theater here in Kalamazoo that I go to. It was like a line for popcorn, like, all the way to the tickets. I'm like, this feels good. I just felt good about going to the movies. I think you shouldn't read too much into it, but I think it goes to show, hopefully, what we already knew. Is that, like, there's still an appetite for, like, cool things happening at the movies. It could oh, be, yes. like, a double feature that's, like, really weird combination like this, or it could just be, like, I don't know, Mission yeah. Impossible, the next Mission Impossible, or the Top Gun remake. I, I don't know. They're, people want events where they sit down. We don't all want to just TikTok all the time. Like totally. There's still a place for movies, I think. Well, the internet is to thank, I think, for Barbenheimer, right? It wasn't so much like the studios marketing these movies. They were marketed well enough. But for some reason, the internet decided that Barbenheimer is going to fucking blow up, and it did. People, like, memed this into oblivion until where, like, people that I'm sure weren't even interested in this shit were like, yeah, I'm going to go see him. Everyone's talking about him. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris Nolan, like, reportedly wasn't thrilled that they were both coming out on the same weekend, but I think it ended up being good for both of them. And, you know, like Josh said, people are going to want to go to the movies. They're going to want to listen to four dudes break down Barbie. Afterwards. <laughs> Hell Yeah. <laughs> It's what the people want. And what the people want at the end of the podcast is a yes or no for Barbie. I'll go first. Um, definite hard yes. Very zany. I was trying to describe the movie to my boss. Like the first adjective that came to mind was just like wild, self aware, fourth wall breaking, off the wall a lot of times. But I don't know. Like I said, on that opening weekend, I saw a bunch of like girls like like little girls and their moms and stuff going to it like it's just it's a very cool a cool thing i would say and i'm very excited for like the greta gerwig noah bomback combo that we have going forward i hope they stay together for a long time we've shit on a noah bomback movie uh is that how you say that, that one? i don't know bomback bombak I don't know. What was that? The Meyerowitz stories that we did at your house, Josh? Yeah, we that didn't like that. Movies. We didn't like it very much. But I love Little Women. I think if anybody can do the fucking Chronicles of Narnia at Netflix, it might be Greta Gerwig. So I'm excited to see what she does with that. And uh, I don't know. The whole Barbenheimer experience got me excited for movies again. But this movie looks amazing. It's super funny. Had a couple laugh out loud moments. You know, hard yes. Good time at the movies. Zach, you've had a very interesting uh, spoilers guest residency. You've done Suspiria and the Christmas Chronicles and now Barbie. So <laughs> what say you for Barbie? That is a hell of a trio right there. Um, I would say a solid yes for me for Barbie. I thought it was highly entertaining. I was laughing a lot the whole time. 
I was continually impressed by the directions that they went. They didn't take like the easy way out like I was expecting with like the the progression of like Barbie's arc and Ken's arc. It was actually pretty complex. There was a lot to chew on there. Like I can't tell you how many like surprisingly in-depth conversations I've had about like the gender dynamics of the Barbie movie with with different people. And yeah, I, I think that they pulled off an incredibly difficult balancing act because it's a fun, bubbly, colorful, zany, wild, self-aware movie that you know greatly appeals to little kids, but yet us adults have a lot to chew on and there's a lot of hilarious things about what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman in there. So yeah, absolute solid. Yes. For me, I think there's something for everybody in this movie. Yeah. It reminded me of like old Pixar with some of like Uh, the joke for adults, joke for kids, you know, totally entertaining for all ages. Uh, Josh, did you also, did you go with the kids, Josh, or was this a solo Josh? (laughs) Okay. I actually went to this movie with a coworker. And I really enjoy her remo- her uh, review of the movie because she enjoyed it. We laughed a lot together when we watched it. And then when we talked about it like the next day, she had like thought about it overnight and realized she didn't like a lot of the aspects. I feel like I maybe actually stole a lot from her, from Jane during this pod because she pointed out all those like weak film moments at the end, like with the montage footage and with the white room and how all that even in conglomeration with itself still didn't really land or something. Just a lot going on there at the end. And the other thing that was funny about Jane is that she gave it like a, a bad review, I think on her letterbox. And then she realized she didn't like the company she was falling in with with all the other people that were giving the movie Barbie bad reviews. Because <laughs> a lot of people are like the Ben Shapiro types that don't appreciate like the challenging of stereotypes and gender roles and whatever else this movie puts out there. But ah, sorry, a lot of talking. I This movie is so, so bright and funny. Michael Sarah is hilarious. I'm giving this a huge yes. I love it when Ryan Gosling goes full Justin Bieber wearing <laughs> the furs and everything. <laughs> It's a really fun movie, and even if it falls apart a little bit at the end, I think overall the end justifies the means. So, solid yes, Pat. Last but not least, <coughs> man who hates comedies, Corey Kylo Ren memes. This is Corey Kylo Ren memes. I hate comedies, but I love toys. <coughs> I love them, Pappy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this movie a a yes. I don't love <coughs> this movie. I don't think it's a great movie in in my own personal ranking of movies, not not being objective in any way. But subjectively, for me, it's not a great movie, but it's a really good movie, and it does some things extremely well. What it does best, I think, is capture the aesthetic of this world in a unique way that feels like it fits within the confines of the product Barbie. So that is just really great to see that everything within that world and then when the world becomes corrupted is great ken at one point like in his room had a mortal 2 combat uh, mortal combat 2 cabinet and i saw that like in his little mojo dojo casa house and i was like that's 
that small touch, but like it just fits kind of perfectly when the Barbie world becomes corrupted by like, I don't know, I hesitate to say toxic masculinity, but whatever it is that affects the Barbie world. I think the comedy is is good. I don't like laugh out loud a lot when I go to a movie, especially if I'm like by myself. Maybe if I'm with like my friends, it'll come up here and there, but um, the comedy can still work for me despite that. And it did in a lot of places, especially with just like the bonehead that is Ryan Gosling's Ken. Like he's just so great. Um, I heard someone at work talk to someone else at work about this movie. Someone who I could tell just wanted to complain to someone about it. I told him I hadn't seen it yet, so I didn't want to hear anything. But I still overheard what he said to someone else because they were nearby. And he said, I saw Barbie. And the guy goes, okay, how was it? He says, horrible, horrible movie. And he says, oh, why? And he says, basically the movie is this. Men are bad, women are good. And now that I've seen it, I think that's like the most smooth brain interpretation of this movie I've ever heard. Yeah. Because it doesn't consider <laughs> the products of Barbie and Ken. And like like we talked about earlier, like the role of women in this world, but from the perspective of the Mattel Barbie product, right? Like the woman is the president. It's like President Barbie, right? The woman is uh, every conceivable job in this land. And Ken is just Ken. Who is he? I don't know. He's the guy that comes with Barbie. Are they together? I don't know. Maybe. But what does he do? He does beach, right? Beach. <laughs> like He's a professional beach. Like That's why he's called Beach Ken. What does he do? Doesn't do jack shit, right? So again, the, the idea of like the gender roles within this movie, in my opinion, are like confined to these fake entities of Barbie and Ken. And like what they would be like if it was the Barbie world or what it would be like if Ken kind of like took this idea of what he perceived to be patriarchy in our world for like one day and kind of like really latched onto that and went as far as he could go with it in the Barbie world. That's what's happening here. So again, I know he doesn't listen, but I, I think that argument of women bad or women good, men bad is just super simplistic. That being said, this movie can be heavy-handed, and it's kind of annoying and cringy at times when it is. I gotta say it. Um, that's about all I got, other than I guess this is more of a final thought. Um, we do have characters from the DCEU in this movie, like I mentioned, um, or actors that play characters like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. But when one of the Barbies wakes up from their hypnotic state, they say... It's like I've been living in a dream where I was really invested in the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. And although I can't quite articulate what that means, I feel that I know what that means in my soul. So, <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. So that clicked with me in a big way. I was like, holy shit. Okay. Fandoms, right? Anyway, that's all I got. If you want to be a Patreon, you can listen to a four-hour Snyder Cut commentary with me and Money Mike, where we drink many brewski beers and make brewski jokes beers over it. It's a top ten bad spoilers episode. The commentary one? I mean, it's pretty good, but probably top ten bad. 
Spoilers. Well, what a great way to sell it. <laughs> let's get a top 10 bad trivia from Josh. Everyone increasingly worse. Josh, what trivia do you have for us? Oh, man. I love listening to that. I listened to that whole damn thing with you and Mikey, Pep, so don't be mad at me. I do have trivia for tonight, boys. We're going to call it three quotes and you're out. So (laughs) I I have quotes here from choice A, Greta Gerwig, choice two, Noah Bombach. Actually, choice A, choice two. Uh, just it's like Home Alone, A, 2, and D. <laughs> Noah Bombach. So A is Greta, two, B is Noah, and C or 3 is the combination of D&D, the writers and oh, um, interpreters no. of Game of Thrones. What are their oh, names? Boy. Benioff and... Dumbass and Dumbass. Whatever. D&D. You Dungeons know, we're talking and about Dan and David. So you have choices A, A, B, and C. We can you you can like ask me to remind you which one is which as we go on. But three strikes and you're out, Pappy. We'll start with you. I'm going to roll a dice. It's going to okay. tell me which of the Are three. Are you doing it in the voices of those three? You know, we don't have money, Mike, to do the soundboard. So I think we're just going to mm. do the quotes tonight. Maybe in oh, the post production, we can play some music, but. I want some streets in the background. I'm going to roll for the person who it is. And by the way, the only thing I'll change in the quote is sometimes the D&D quotes say we, and I will change those all to I. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, I guess so. All right. So I'm going to roll the dice to see who it is and then draw a card one through 11 to see what quote you have. So here you go, Pat. Okay. And Okay. This is the first one, Pep. Is it Greta, Noah, or D D? It's hard to be a person in the world and care about other people. Greta Gerwig. I don't know how you did it, but you did it. That's correct. <laughs> it's a Greta quote. Awesome. Nice dude. D and D aren't that self aware. <laughs> to say something like <laughs> yeah kylo you ready yeah roll the dice does that sound like i'm drawing the card i'm just like wiping them against each other i don't know okay here we go your quote is the thing about a good story is you have to keep it interesting to yourself uh dnd kylo that is another greta quote it's your first oh. strike not a big deal. Not a big deal. All right, here you go, Zach. Let's hear it. What's up? All right. The quote is, I think women are very strong, and women's friendships are incredibly powerful. Ooh. So now that's either Greta, Noah, or D&D. That's a Greta tough and one. Noah are a couple. Power Yeah. Guy. Um, I honestly don't have a strong instinct. I'm just going to say Greta. It is the third Greta quote in a row. All right. My dice are being crazy over here. Okay. Fair enough. Back to you, Pat. Rolling the dice. Okay. Drawing the card. She's got power, 
She doesn't apologize for it. The whole idea of that character and the whole idea of those scenes, she's coming in and are coming into her own. That it's ending... 100%. Go ahead. The scenes she's in are her coming into her own, is how I should have That's read that. That's 100% D&D. Uh, why do you say, you're correct. Why do you say that? <laughs> I remember them saying that on a fucking after the episode I mean, when Daenerys burned the town. And everyone would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's committing genocide. Oh, they were referring to that shit? Yep. Wow. Good call, Pat. I remember them saying that. I was there. All right, here you go, Zach. Here's yours. All right, let's hear it. Plenty of quotes from Greta, Noah, and D&D left. So just because we got a few Greta ones doesn't mean her probability is lower. Still a roll dice. True, true. Anyway, here we go. Your quote is, You know you're doing something right if the characters feel like they're telling you what to write. Hmm. Again, no strong instinct for me. I'll just mix it up and say Noah. That is another D&D quote. Oh, okay. first strike. Fair enough. I feel like they're... They probably were just paraphrasing something they heard George Martin say. I believe but, uh, it. I believe it. <laughs> Kylo We're passing the buck. Rolling we didn't for you. It. it wrote itself. <laughs> there okay. you have it, Kylo. I think being specific is a good thing, and there's a way to be specific that's universal. Uh, who is so? Who is the most specific of them? I'm going to say Greta. It is Greta, Kylo. Great answer. So many Gretas. Pap, we're back to you, okay? Mm-hmm. You have zero strikes. Whoa. Okay. Rolled. And your quote. You have to earn your happy ending. You have to believe it. Noah? How did you come to that conclusion? You were there right. haven't been any Noahs yet. <laughs> okay, yeah. just a mathematical. But it's just a roll of the dice. No cheats. Here we go, Zach. Okay, go for it. All right. Got your quote. Being critical and being observant is an important thing. Hmm. D&D. It's Greta. Oh. Back to old Greta. Hey. Two strikes for you, Zach. You're okay. All the good quotes come from Greta tonight. You're all right. You're right. Here we go, Kyla. All right. I got it. Here's the quote. It's her saying, I have something I've been working for my entire life since I was a little girl. Now I have it, and everyone is going to have to deal with it. D&D? It's another Daenerys quote <laughs> from yeah, D&D. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't get that one, Pat. Would have been too easy for you. But we are back to you, Pat. Here's the roll of the dice. Yep. Okay. In your quote, in order to make something good, you have to be willing to throw something away. Mm, my heart, my first instinct said D&D, but that's a good quote. And I don't think they're that smart. So I'm going to say Greta. That is a Greta Gerwig quote. <laughs> Good nice. Zach, you're living on the precipice here. Two strikes. Got Here's it. your roll. All right, all right. Okay. Rolled. And your quote. When you're adapting a book, you don't have to make up characters in the plot, 
that's all there. Crap. I'll go ahead and say Greta. It is D&D. Maybe oh, it was too obvious since they adapted the book. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't yeah. have it much of to go women. on afterwards. Women, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. No, I thought that was that was a tricky one, Zach. That's all right. Kylo, you and Pappy are in a pap-off. You doing okay? <laughs> Kylo, you got stamina still? You good? A pap-off. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can hang in there. I just rolled for you. <laughs> Here's your quote. It's always dangerous to give the audience exactly what they want. I'm going to say uh, that is true. I do agree with that quote. So if I say, hmm, I got to say d and I feel like I have to. It is a D and D, but it sounds smart because yeah, I yeah. think it's another one they stole from George. <laughs> you and Pap are doing great. Only one strike between the two of you. Still got a few quotes here, though. You ready, Pat? Oh yeah. All right. Here's your quote. Talking about a character in one of their pieces of media. I, I had made a note to put this in there. I knew I wanted to do something with her that was even more personal than what we'd done before. That meant I had to let go of a certain kind of strict narrative structure. I believe that's Noah probably talking about Francis Ha. It is. And that's really lame that you know that that specifically. (laughs) What the hell? This is insane. Yeah, it's him talking about Greta, essentially, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, here you go, Kyle. Are these too easy? Kylo? Pap? Here you go. For me. Yeah. Here's a quote. As a writer, you want to make sure that you're always changing and evolving and trying new things. As a writer, they say. I'm going to say Greta. D&D. See, I was leaning in that direction, and I was like, nah. There's too much D&D quotes in here. No, they, all of the words had one syllable. It's a D&D quote. Also, <laughs> they said and like three times in a row. And 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 and. Like, yeah, like you're, as a writer. As a writer. Start, it's, not, it's not a good way to start off. You, <laughs> you know? gotta remind everybody that they're writers. As the king. <laughs> as the king <laughs> of this land. All right, Pap, no strikes. Maybe at this point you're just looking at a perfect game. Let's see if you can keep it going. Your quote. I don't see the female characters as being supportive to male characters. They're as important as any of the characters. I don't see female characters. Um. D and D. That is a Noah quote. Oh. Isn't that so lame? Female characters are just like any other. It's like they're over half <laughs> of the it characters. D&D. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. Okay, Kyle. Here you go. Here you go. Your quote. It's very helpful to have a book to refer back to, to see what the characters do in similar situations. D&D. Good call, Kylo. Yeah. Didn't overthink of it. Overthink it. Pat? Okay. 
In all my movies, I have female characters who are such a part of the fabric of the movie and so much of the inspiration for the movie. Gotta be Noah. Noah again, just loving the women that Noah. <laughs> Here yeah. we go, Kylo. <laughs> still got a few quotes, still doing good. Here we go. You have to kill characters you love in order to stay true to the world that you're creating. D&D. <sighs> Staying alive, Kylo. Pappy, still got a couple yeah. left of each. Here we go. Here is the quote. I believe there's a whole other way to look at the world that's not just the way we've been told to look at it. Greta Gerwig. How'd you do that? Because that was a smart quote. <laughs> a whole other way? Yeah. <laughs> Any of these that are interesting, it's her. <laughs> a whole nother way. Zach, what are you thinking about this performance right now between these two? I think it's phenomenal, man. The energy is electric. <laughs> the crowd is going crazy. Yeah. Here we go, Kylo. <laughs> Here is your quote. As a writer and filmmaker, I'm attracted to stories that don't have easy answers. Noah. It is Noah. We're going to start doing this a little oh quicker. Here we go, Pat. This is crazy. Okay. Here's the quote. You want people to leave the theater and continue to think about the movie. Um, Greta? It's Noah. That's your second oh. strike. Kylo, to stay in the game. Okay, your quote. I think humor is a very serious thing. Greta. That's Noah. That's three strikes for Kylo. Pappy, you ended up with two strikes. You kept fouling a bunch of balls off. It was really impressive that at bat you just had. Would you please give us the hottest of takes and toss it out to Spoiler Man for us? All right. Um, I guess on this topic, hot take. I feel like... Listen, I make fun of D&D. They're shitty writers. I feel like the internet's not as sympathetic to D&D as they should be. I won't, I won't do my whole George Martin rant, but they did like three seasons of television, four, four and a half seasons of television really, really fucking well. They made like a wild fantasy story, the biggest show in the fucking world. And they kind of ran out of runway and they never signed up to finish the books. And it's taken George 12 years to write the next book. That's how complicated and hard it is so I, I don't know they suck but i feel like the internet's too mean to them and also people have to stop replying to everything george posts with when's when's a winner coming like dude who's <laughs> to post about going to barbie with his wife you don't have to quote tweet it and be like well i guess we're not getting when's a winner because of that just it is what it is at this point he's gonna die before the series is done just be at peace with it but i think zach damn should actually say the magic words take it away spoiler man we don't we don't get zach often enough on the podcast we gotta have you back for oh, by all means. before you before you say take it away zach okay 
I I loved having you on so much. Oh, it thanks, reminded man. me just of why it's so fun to hang out with you in the first place. Thanks for <laughs> joining up. Dude. Please let it not be two years before the next one. By all means, man. I would be happy to come back, especially <laughs> for spooky spoilers. Ooh. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So what's my line that I'm saying? Take it away. Spoiler, man. All right. Here we go, folks. Take it away, spoiler, man. Nice. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll, Brother Brian, Druid King, Nick, The Meg, Nurse Stacy, The Wolf, Barky420, PK, Spencer, Gale, Swole, Cheese Zombie, Sebastian, Dr. Lars. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Be sure to check out Corey's podcast, Big Dumb Movie. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, Click on our orange Spoilers Bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. might just have to cut that out and use it as our end all the time. <laughs> a, so- a sound bite. <laughs> nice, dude. All right. Thanks, guys. I got to take off. See I'll ya. send you a link tomorrow, Kylo. See you, man. Have a great night. How is my audio? We, well, I don't know. Could you hear me? I mean. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. No, you sounded clear. It wasn't like your typical. It's a little weird. It's loud and clear, though. Yeah, it's clear. Maybe just a little bit tinny, but I can hear you clearly. There's like no issue, like, you know, understanding what you're saying. It's clear. See, I didn't know. I had like a bad, like my Bluetooth was weird. And like, I was like, you guys would go in and out sometimes. I like, get all like computery, but. No, you weren't doing anything like that. Okay, good. How long was that pod? Kylo really um, had a jet. Hour and a half? Sorry, we started late. That's I mean, true, yeah, yeah. That's a good uh that's a good range for us. That should be an easy edit, I feel like, as well. The uh movies also on like one, two, three movies, if that's easier <laughs> than using uh... <laughs> You know what a, a hilarious meme I saw about Oppenheimer is someone <clears throat> The Reddit post before you clicked on it said, 
if Christopher Nolan didn't use any CGI, how does he explain this, huh? And then you click <laughs> on it, and it's like it's Oppenheimer playing on like one, two, three movies with like that poker slot, yeah, and on the bottom, and all it's like the cards fine. <laughs> There's one with like LeBron James and like cricket so players <laughs> show up for like sports betting. <laughs> Josh, can you are you making a folder? I can right now. Um, I have not made anything yet because I can't. I'm like, you know, when Google unfor- unfortunately signs you out at like the wrong time and you have to go to two factor and all that shit. Yeah, that's where I'm sitting right now. Yeah, I, I got it actually. Um, trying to get. Barbie. Yeah, Zach, you got to come on more often. So oh, fun. heck yeah, dude. I'd love to be on more often. And Mandy. Awesome. I forgot you were on Mandy, too, weren't you? Oh, that's yeah. Right. That I was, yes, yes. That's your quintessential fun. episode. Honestly. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. I really, I really connected with Mandy. Like, it was one of the coolest theater-going experiences that I've had over the last several years. Like, I was just blown away by it when I saw it in theater. So, I had a lot it's, to say about that one. I think about that movie a lot, actually. Like, oh, yeah. It just yeah. randomly pops in my head. I'm like, that movie's so fucking good. It really is, man. Nick Cage just fucking goes on an epic journey into the underworld, man. Like, he transforms. It's fucking cool. So well made. Pat thinks um, yeah. Can you access that link, Zach? Uh, let's see. Let me check the chat here. Yeah, looks like it. So yep yep I'm there Google Drive sending that to Kylo in a side chat right now okay where do I find my app recordings where can I do it from the app thanks again for the late notice join up Zach hopefully your wife's all cool with it too. oh yeah yeah no I as soon as as soon as you you know message me I talked to her and I was just like hey you know we're hanging out. We're going to take our time, but if we end up going home, I'm going to do this podcast. Yeah, it's, it's a long story, but basically we went to a reception. I just got a new job teaching art at a high school. They had like a, you know, county-wide, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a cocktail party. It was like a meet and greet for new teachers. So we went to that, and then we just went and chilled downtown, uh, hitting up some bars afterwards. And now the timing just worked out great. We were just like, we we're ready to go back home. And I was like, hey, time to talk some Barbie with these crazy guys. <laughs> All right, Barbie. Because <laughs> that's what bros do. That's what bros do. I mean, hey, I can say officially that Barbie has something for everybody, man. Men and women alike. Let's see. Upload. If you right, honestly yeah. get pissed at this movie as a man, that's pretty weak sauce, dude. Yeah, I did, I it doesn't really make a ton of sense because it kind of deconstructs like everything, like all aspects of femininity, all aspects of masculinity. It's not. I think it's simplistic to say that it's just like a feminist movie. That's it's more than that, in my opinion. It's more complicated than that. It's not just saying that men suck. It's not. There's way more to the movie than that. You okay there, Pappy? Yeah, sorry. I just switched audio back to my headphones on my phone. I think I'm all uploaded. Good. Let's see. Barbie recording. I hope my audio sounds okay. There were a couple times where I think my other headphones were bleeding through. 
but I can also clean my track tomorrow afternoon if you want. Well, I wouldn't worry about it. You sounded pretty good on the Skype, to be honest. Everyone did. Good, good, good. I, I got to buy an XLR cord. Or do you think you may, might have picked mine up, Josh? By yeah, chance? I think it's in this pile. But I'll check that more tomorrow, man. Oh, no rush. We should all roll. Good shit, boys. Yeah, absolutely. Boys. Thanks again, yep. Zach. No problem, man. I'm uploading yeah. the file to Drive right now. It should be good. If for some reason it's not, let me know, because I also have the Audacity file that I can upload. No problem. No problem. Yep. Thanks again. No problem, Thanks, guys. All right, Bye. guys. Have yeah. an awesome night. See you next time. Yeah, soon. Later, guys. That was spoilers.